Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 31. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast, is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. By now you've figured out that this is the Five-Year Mission podcast. Welcome to another episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast. My name is Chris. I'm Noah. Mike. It's Chris, Noah, and Mike, your favorites. Back together again for another episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast. What are the little songs made of? What are little songs made of? This time, the little song is Return of the Archons. Return, return of the Archons. So, who wants to, uh, who wants to give a, a plot synopsis of this? Mike? <laughs> no. Nah. Well, I mean, bring it up. <laughs> well, if you know, I mean, if it's, it's too much trouble for you, Mike. No, you know, no, it's honestly. not. So, so the, the USS Enterprise under the command of Captain Kirk arrives at Planet Beta 3 in the C-111 system where the USS Archon was reported lost nearly 100 years earlier, right? And Lieutenant Sulu is the only member of the landing party who beams up from the planet's surface and exhibits inexplicable euphoria. I said ex- inexplicable. <laughs> I don't know that I'm reading Wikipedia way too fast. I, I can tell. Yeah. Um, you take it from there, Mike. Seeking the answer to a century-old mystery, Kirk and crew encounter a vacantly peaceful society under a 6,000-year autocratic rule (laughs) that kills all those it can absorb. Now look up autocratic, Mike. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, you know, Kirk beams down um, another party to investigate, and they find that the inhabitants living in a 19th century Earth-style culture ruled over by cloaked and cowed lawgivers and a reclusive dictator named... Landrew. We should just we just put a put a link to Wikipedia. Sure. On this right. episode. <laughs> but no, I, I really just wanted to get to this line because this is this is the line that it says in Wikipedia that cracked me up. It says their arrival is shortly followed by the festival, a period of violence, destruction, and <laughs> sexual aggressiveness. Well, it is. Not the sexual aggressiveness is funny, but that's yeah. But that, it's just they didn't they didn't say everybody got rapey. They didn't say that. <laughs> oh well, okay. Yeah, you know, Wikipedia is tries probably to, for the best. Yeah, they're a little more high class than that. My memory of this as a kid, actually, there, there's scenes of this that really stick with me from watching it. I mean, as a kid, like there's there's images burned into my you know memory. It's a pretty um, creepy episode. It, it's, it is. I mean, the, the robes and the and the like weird metal tubes that they have, like that that's creepy, yeah. and and that that really sticks out in my brain. But then for some reason, the the um, like the jail scene, the, the scene where they're all like stuck in the jail is just like in my brain. Yeah, and it's it's pretty boring, really. It's not like, and maybe that's why it stuck in my head as a kid. I was like, oh my god, get on with the show. Why are they just <laughs> hanging out in a prison? <laughs> Or maybe it was interesting as a kid. I don't remember, but that scene does really stick out in my head for some reason that when they're 
stuck in that jail. I don't know if well, it's, it's like a, an it's abnormally good, long scene. It's a good 10 minutes or so of the episode, but between when they first get put in there and when they take everybody to absorb them. It's definitely the part that I remember the most of, of the episode. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I just I, uh, I think of Archons, I think of these, they're like in this dungeon, right? <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's that is like my memory. Now that I've I mean, now that I watched it to write a song you know, watched it many times and have written a song about it, it's more the the chaos things of the festival are what like stick in my brain now because it's kind of hilarious and and isn't there like you know isn't it like mayberry isn't there some like scenes from the the set of the andy griffith show yeah. in that one too yeah it's right? the same Where set it's from the same set mayberry yeah. and city so, on the edge of yeah. forever and so it's just like this the sort of lot somewhere yeah yeah sure. it's it's the chaos of the uh, of the festival and the sort of ridiculousness of like watching these actors and actresses like trying to be crazy and, and violent and sexually aggressive as wikipedia puts it it's 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 just it's kind of hilarious and 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 funny and and that's that's what sticks in my brain now well i feel like the festival also is not you know i mean they only had so many extras that they could put on you know they had on the set and the sets were not super well fleshed out you know i mean they had this city kind of but it was it just it still felt small and so when they had the, you know, these people going crazy, it wasn't like this mass hysteria. It was like four or five people, you know, running around. A, a couple of townspeople are breaking yeah. some windows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing that s- stuck with me as, as an adult really watching this episode and, and being into Star Trek as an adult and, and actually translating that into writing a song about it is that this song, this, this episode had so much great, just like language and terminology in it. It's like, they just built so much terminology into the episode, which is what I always find fun and interesting about science fiction and fantasy when like they've create their own sort of terms and terminology and, and, and language and, and stuff. So like, like, are you of the body and the and lawgivers and being absorbed and just all all these like all this verbiage that it was created for this episode I just think was was great and that's just like what was really kind of fun watching it as an adult to appreciate some of that. It's um, definitely unique. Yeah, definitely unique. And and I tried I tried to take a lot of that verbiage and terminology and put it into the song because it was just it was interesting and and unique as you said there oh it's just a side note it's the 40 acres back lot in culver city and it is the same back lot that they use for both miri and city on the edge of forever and isn't it isn't it the same that was uh mayberry for for the andy griffith show or not yep. Yes, it is Mayberry. It was also constructed for Gone with the Wind. Really? Yeah. For, to be at the uh, 19th century Atlanta. That is uh, that's some trivia there for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is also another Kirk versus the computer episode. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I wanted te- to. Technically, the first one 
That's what I was going to ask because I knew you would know, Mike. Like, is this the first Kirk versus a computer episode? It's the first episode where Kirk talks a computer to death. <laughs> Not the last. Not the last. <laughs> first of several. Don't they like blow a hole in the wall and there it is, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they phaser a hole in the wall and, and the computer from A Taste of Armageddon is in there. And... <laughs> And and they their their phasers have been deactivated after they m- make the hole in the wall, so they can't shoot it. So Kirk has to talk it to death. What does he say? Uh, what what was it he said? Um, oh, he he convinces it that it's breaking its own law by oh, yeah. keeping its people from growing and being yeah. creative, De- depriving them of creativity. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And it convinces it to self-destruct. Yes. It's, it's, I mean, they just did that a few episodes before that in the Apple, really, didn't they? Well, the, the Apple is later. Is later. Oh yeah, that's right. Apple's second season. That's right. So let's talk about that a little bit because Mike actually had the idea and the lyrics mostly the, the lyrics, the lyrical idea for yeah. the the bridge uh, of of our the old computer and and yeah. you know uh, let's say uh, reckoner of lives programming gone wrong yeah. you know yeah the, the creator you know that sort of thing um, he had that idea and and I remember him telling me about that and saying like every episode that has you know the computer gone wrong that's messed up a civilization like we need to have the same exact bridge in every song you know and i was like yes that's great awesome all right i'll i'll start that on archons here we go you know and so so i basically took his his lyrics and his lyrical idea and made it fit to that thing and uh and thought yeah well we're gonna do that on on everything and i and i don't know if if the apple was officially the next one that did it the apple i i think that's the next episode that's that falls into that exact description yeah so i could have in the apple i could have made that happen again but it just didn't it didn't feel right with it, the rest it didn't of fit, didn't the fit the song it didn't fit the song so so we didn't the next one was that um spock on spock's brain the next one we did that uh too? yes my directive is prime, my directive yeah. Is prime yeah. yeah 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 i i used that in my directive is prime that was the next time we used it and then you used it the world in is hollow. world is hollow yeah mm, yeah do you know what episodes that like that we've sort of like Besides the apple, were there episodes that we could have used it on that we didn't? I'm sure there's probably one or two that we could have. Yeah, um, I know we we had talked about it with uh, your Ultimate Computer, Ultimate Computer, but we think we eventually decided that didn't actually yeah. apply. Actually, that that bridge in Ultimate Computer was going to be the old computer part, but then once I watched the episode, it didn't really fit that that description. I mean, Kirk, Kirk does have to outsmart a computer and, and convince the computer to like destroy itself. So it does kind of fit that, but it, it didn't really go along with like the theme of the old computer controlling people's lives type For hundreds of, of years. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like it, Spock's brain. It didn't, 
he didn't outsmart the computer, but it totally fit with yes. the computer trying to, you know, controlling people. And it, but it was a different uh, kind of a different way because it didn't control them mal- maliciously. That's just how they survived. Right. <clears throat> but it was, it was keeping them from growing and Evolving, becoming yeah. a yeah. society of their own. Yeah. Which is yeah. what it was doing in Archons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, and I'm looking through I'm looking through the lyrics now and going back to just like like I said that the terminology that they created for this episode um, and there was just there was just so much stuff you know the the the, the festival the body blessed be the body the will mm. of Landrew joy be with you tra- peace and yeah, tranquility today in the red hour, like just ca- calling it the red hour, the, you know, this, this chaos. Did you ever find out where, cause I, um, I read somewhere that Archons came from like some club that Ronberry was in or something like that. I wonder if Landrew and, you know, some of these other ter- terms that he used were similar, you know, if they had some kind of well, origin. Apparently, uh, Archon is what, like he says, each of the nine chief magistrates in ancient Athens. So it was some kind of judicial officer in 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 like Greek. Hmm. It's like it's like a Greek word. I wonder if that, that was where the the club name came from. Yeah, for for that as well. Let's see. Actually, in Archons is actually also in the Bible as well, apparently. Oh, well, I guess that makes so, sense. So it's 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 an it, it's it's an old ass word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it says archons are uh, in Gnosticism and religions closely related to it. Demonic entities subordinate to the embodiment of evil in the corresponding belief system. Hmm. But in in ancient Greek, it's it's a word that means ruler in ancient Greek. Uh, so that it, it kind of fits in, in yeah. under all all those yeah, categories. How'd the song come about? Like, where did you? Was this another one that you had a lot of versions of, or did it just happen? No. Interestingly enough, like when I'm in the writing process, I usually use my phone to record ideas, right? And then yeah. if if the ideas are I feel are pretty good. I, I, I star it or I email it to myself or so, you know, I keep it in some way because, because there's just way too many little idea record, you know, voice memo idea recordings that I have to yeah. sort them out somehow. But I, I've, go, I've gone back through like the folder of the keeper things that I have. Right. And I start listening to them like years, years later, thinking there'll be some old idea I can mind to turn into a, a new song and I'll I'll be listening to it and I'll be like, oh wait, that's 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 an early version of Archons. That's what that is. Okay, yeah. all right. Let me let me hear this next one. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's an early version of Archons. <laughs> next one. That's that's another version of Archons. Oh, that's the bridge of Archons. Oh, that you. Know. So like, it, it, no, I really only had this one version of it. Um, it, it came obviously it came in pieces. Um, co- according to my voice memos, it came in. in in pieces. <laughs> now the music was always there. I was actually listening a lot. I, I don't know that it came out in the final version of it, but I was listening a lot to the at the time to a band called the Thermals, um, who I think are are out of Chicago, and they have a lot of um, kind of weird Armageddon 
uh, end of times biblical theme sort of things to to their music and it's just kind of some straight up uh power pop stuff and uh, so i was listening to a, a lot of that and that kind of influenced the the song writing of that in fact i had kind of a lead that i told patrick i'm like listen to this song do a lead kind of like kind of like this and i, I don't know if it actually turned out that way it's, it actually i think turned out to be a little bit more like uh the friday i'm in love um cure mm-hmm. beginning um but you know it's it, that, that's how the songs evolve you you kind of are, are shooting for this and and it and it it morphs into something something yeah. else and, uh-huh. and that's that's i like that i think that's good actually El, elvis costello said in his his one of his books like that he thought his his best work came from when he was when the whole band was trying to imitate some other band but yeah. no matter how hard they tried they they couldn't do it and what they came out was just what came out of them yeah. trying to emulate this other band uh-huh. but he, he he said that was like what he felt was some of his his hmm. best work came out of that and that, I, I think sometimes that's true i i do that all the time like i'll i'll hear something and i'll start you know i'll, I'll pretty much take a chord progression or something and start playing around with it. And I'm always worried, man, this is going to sound too much like what I'm, you know, what I'm taking it from. And it never, it never, ever ends up like that. It's always the only time I ever write anything that sounds exactly like something else is when it's completely by accident. When I'm trying to sound like something else, it never works. and <laughs> It just becomes <laughs> something different. Yeah. Yeah. I think I always had the music. This is not one that had many different versions of it. Um, there was, there was the definitely the influence by the thermals, and then the very last sort of coda that comes on. Well, it's it's also not even the coda. It's like the the um, the the well, pre. Uh, 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 that part? No, not that part. <laughs> Oh um, no the the, uh, the festival is festival yeah 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 festival time yeah that and it and that's kind of the same chords that happen in the pre-choruses you know um, as well it's 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 almost a, a similar progression but that is a very much um, for those of you who ever want to look it up it is the uh, super chunks uh, Detroit has the skyline too like that that it's it's the intro of that song is, is kind of what I, I took from that. Um, that was my, my, my super chunk homage there on that. Damn it, um, Noah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Actually. Um, but, but it's a, it is a, it's, it's a really fun song to play live. Like I, I really like to play this one live. It's, I like the dynamics of it. I enjoy this um, one too. And, uh, and this is a song, of course, that um, my wife sings on. Mm-hmm. Um, she does the backing vocals on the old computers and does the, the is it ooze or Oz at the, at, the, at the very beginning? I think it's ooze. It's ooze. Ooze. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I sing the low harmony or the low on that, and she sings the high. The high, yeah. I wanted to ask you, at what point in writing this song did you realize, did you think – None of these guys are ever going to be able to sing this high note. <laughs> yeah, in, in the writing of the song, that wasn't a consideration. Like ha- having her do some of those, e- even those beginning uh, oohs or ahs or whatever they are, mm-hmm. that came all in the recording process pretty late. You know, like just wanting yeah. to like add, add some extra 
Yeah, because we recorded this at your house. Yeah, yeah, all of year two was was recorded at our house, yeah. That makes sense. Um, So we recorded a bunch of stuff, and you're like, this sounds terrible. (laughs) Holly, (laughs) fix this. No, I just, I, I, I more just wanted to, I, wa- I wanted to give it a little, little something. No, I think it was a good choice. Extra. But well, she, yeah. She's played it live with us before too. She has a couple of times and uh, even uh, Helen has come up and, and done those backing oh, yeah. vocals for us a couple of times. Yep. Um, that's, that's nice to have, have that happen live, but it's, you know, it's not, uh, I don't feel like if we, if we don't, and we played that song a bunch of times and, 90% of the time we don't have anybody to sing those, you know, the high parts mm-hmm. on it. I don't, I don't think anything's really missing from it all that much. Um, but it is yeah. fun. It's, it is fun when it can happen. Um, when you can make it as close to the album version as, as possible. It's, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever Holly's not there, I have to muddle through and do the best I can with the, the so actually usually I do it longer. Do you still just do the lower one or do you try to do the high sometimes? Uh, it's like a mid range. <laughs> just try to fill in the gap. No yeah. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I think Patrick does vocal on it too. Sometimes I'm not sure what he does. Well, and this is one. They, yeah. This song is just a lot of fun to play live because there's so many dynamics. There's lots of getting mm-hmm. down quiet and then really just opening it up to be kind of loud and raucous and fun. And, and I, <laughs> Is this the first song or that that somebody says the word baby in like as a as a term of endearment or did we have it did we have it any any other place or is this uh, the, the first time I I can't recall any other ones before this Is it the only time? When does no, it say baby? No, cuz you do it in Hey Kara a lot. I do it in Hey Kara. <laughs> do I do I actually say baby? in Hey Kara? It's uh, I don't I, think I say baby. I don't think I say baby in Hey Kara. Maybe not, <laughs> but I feel it, it I feels like it, I should. It feels like it would it, fit it, right it, in. Could be one in there, <laughs> but when I don't you, think there actually is. When do you say baby in this one? Um, oh, during the like the 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 breakdown when I say I'm up for the red hour. Oh yeah, that's right. I just say it once. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This is also possibly the longest Noah song, as far right. as how many verses and sections that it has because Noah is notorious for writing a song that that only has like three verses and two choruses. And then he'll remove one of the verses during (laughs) the recording process because it's too long. I can't remember all these lyrics. What am I saying? This song has, it is, has like, Four verses, three choruses, <laughs> a breakdown, an outro. Like it's got like a, all kinds of a parts. coda. Yeah, hey, yeah. It's, uh, it's no Friday's Child, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, let's make the longest song I can possibly think of. No, I think Mike has Mike has the record for that, doesn't he? Is is not is is uh, short is Shoreleaf technically the longest song that we have? Well, if you count the demos. Well, well I know. Well, the demo is the long. If you count the intro to um, who who mourns for Adonius, that's the one. Adonius. If you count the intro to Adonius, I think Pat. Yeah, if you count both of those, that's like eight minutes long. If you include the actually the whole track that comes before it as part of the same song. Yeah, I mean it technically is. It's the intro, but we made it into a separate song because we're like, man, is everybody? Maybe everybody won't want to listen to this every time they listen to this. (laughs) 
<laughs> was jump ahead. That is, that is a conversation that we'll have when that episode comes up, but I, I can't wait to actually talk about yeah. about that whole. But is it track? Is it tracks? What track is it? It's it has a number. It's only labeled as a number, right? Yeah, I think it's just sixteen. No, yeah, it's it's uh yeah sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think 16 is just labeled as a number. It doesn't actually have a name. Actually, I, I think we we had to put a dot yeah. as the title of it because it wouldn't accept nothing. Nothing, right. Mm-hmm. I do remember um, making the video for this song back when we were actually, you know, when we actually made videos for our songs. Uh-huh. And and in this it was <laughs> the the scene of the girl tearing the thing off and... yeah yeah <laughs> it, 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 there was just so much great material to use uh to make the video a lot of some some songs like it's just like it's tough it's tough to find footage to repeat or to oh. to fit in there to actually like make it interesting to watch and well, you know a lot of um, shots of the enterprise and people beaming yeah. I think the the hardest videos to make are the ones that are just about like a little piece of the song or a little yeah. piece of the episode. <laughs> like Naked Time? Oh man, Naked Time was rough. <laughs> How am I going to make a video out of this? Or no, sometimes it could be super simple though like like I feel like Dagger of the Mind. Uh, yeah. It, it could it, if if you really I mean that that has a bunch of great stuff in it, but really if all you had done was show just the like the cir- the circle thing. of light like you know spinning and oh, flashing so that don't worry yeah. no i just say if you use that for the whole the- like three and a half minutes it, <laughs> it, would, have been it fine. would be perfect it would have yeah. been fine for that particular episode i think you're right sometimes that works sometimes. i considered doing that but i was like no i want to do some other because there was too many too many uh great was it van gelder is that the oh yeah yeah his great yeah. great looks on his too face many, too many great oh, yeah. looks on that guy's yeah. face and that's how it was with Archons. There was just too many scenes of of just the, of, of the festival of just people, people, you know, actors trying to act like they are were um, were, were were crazy um, and and uh, euphoric. Um, I forget what the other words they they used were, but yeah, that 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 was fun. That was. Oh, you know what? This is the this episode has the first mention of the Prime Directive too. Yep, I forgot about that. Which is, which is, yeah, which is why it's cool that Mike, when he brought that back up in my directive, it's prime. It really it hits that home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause the, yeah, the bridge. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have that for hollow. Well, Cause that, that song is, you know, it's not really just, it's not specifically about Spock's, Spock's brain. brain. Right. It's about yeah. all of the episodes where Kirk shows up and destroys your God. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he he decides what's best for you. <laughs> well, and this episode is like, I mean, they created the prime directive in this episode specifically so that he could break it so that he could yeah. go is, against it. Is it the first mention of the prime directive? Yeah. They've, they've never mentioned it before this episode and, yeah. and they, they mention it in the episode only so that Kirk can be like, well, does it really count here? Because you know, <laughs> I think these people are, are oppressed, well, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, that actually, the, to me, that just talking about that now, like, like that ups, ups the episode a little bit for me. Like, like not only does it have all this cool terminology and language in it, but it's also the first mention of the prime directive that that's, mm. that's pretty cool. Actually that, that gives us some more cool points. You know, it's got another little bit of trivia. 
um, Bobby Clark's in it. <laughs> the singer, aka the Gorn. <laughs> oh, the Gorn. Yeah. Who am I? I'm not. Who am I thinking of as a singer? I don't know. Uh, Bobby Brown, Bobby Darren, <laughs> all of those. Yes, yeah, he's one of the town's people. The guy that like leaps through the window yelling "Festival, Festival!" Oh, really? That's yeah. It's Bobby Clark. That's awesome. I didn't know he had uh, more than one role on Star Trek. Apparently, I mean that's what kind of what Star Trek does, right? They yeah. bring back they bring back people that have been when, on before. When when we met. Um, um, in Vegas, all he talked about was the Gorn. He didn't say, uh-huh. "Hey, I was a guy who jumped through the window and said festival." <laughs> I would have been bragging. Oh, yeah. about, if I were him, I would have been bragging about that too. It's right? not quite as iconic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, not if you never mention it. it it's not going to be. Well, iconic. I, I guess. I guess we didn't have that scene on our screen for him to come over and claim that it's him. <laughs> That's true. It was the Gorn that was on the screen. So, so, so next time we're in Vegas where he's going to be there let's um let's let's edit a whole new version of the song that's just him jumping through the window (laughs) (laughs) the song's a lot of fun to play and i really enjoyed um like coming up with the baseline for it and i remember one time at practice like we had played it like a few times for like a few weeks and i was mostly playing like low notes on the bass and uh, then this one time I decided to, to, on the, like the intro and the chorus to slide up and do like an octave higher. And uh, I remember like Noah's face just like lit up <laughs> and, and you, you, you looked at me and you were like, it, 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 it was like there was something wrong with the song up until that point And I had fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> It just, you know, and, and it did like, it sounds totally different with, you know, just the bass doing that different part. It, it really like drives that part of the song. And it just, you know, I, I really, I, I actually use the same technique in uh, bread and circuses. Yeah. And, and I think that's when I like maybe asked you like, what do you, so what did you, you know, what are you doing or what did you do? And you're like, well, I'm just playing the, the five and the seven. <laughs> <laughs> Got some numbers that of course i have no idea i have no understanding of what you're talking about <laughs> and and so that that's kind of became the the joke with me whenever mike plays bass and i'm like oh man you're doing some sevens and some 13s there and so i just like try to throw out some random odd numbers and be like mike you're doing a you're doing a 15 there because uh, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Is that your? <laughs> well, I'd say more than half of the song is not root notes. Uh, a lot of a lot of the bass in this song is all um, like harmony notes. Right, which is what the the, the fives, the sevens, the fives the, and sevens, and the thirteens, and the nines yeah. and the thirteens, and the there might be some elevens in there. I think this this is one where uh, on keys I tried to make it a little more interesting, but the thing with keys. I try to I try not to make it too complicated because then I can't sing at the same yeah. time, and, and so and on the chorus, especially the chorus is real simple. It's just you know the root notes, but on the verse I tried I almost did kind of a chording effect where I just keep keep one note you know like the root note down and then kind of walk up with the other notes while keeping that note down just to kind of give it a little bit of a you know more of a, a chorusy effect, um, and it has that you know kind of almost a Wurlitzer organ kind of feel to it. And, and for me, that's like on, on a lot of my songs, I, I very much depend 
on Chris for great backing vocals. Like, I, I mean, Chris, you know, I think you, by now, you know, like, I think you know me and you know what I like and what, what, you know, what I want to hear. And you're also, oh, I know what you like, you know what I like. <laughs> and you, you're good at, you're also good at taking direction too. If I say, ah, try this, you know, yeah. and, 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 and you're willing, you're willing to try it and you, and, um, usually hit exactly what I'm, what I'm thinking that uh, I want to have in that. So much, much like Michael Stipe, your, your voice is another <laughs> instrument for me. And, and a lot of times on those songs, like your voice is to me is more important than the keys than actually whatever you're, you're playing on the keys. So I, I and I, and I know that from playing keys too, sometimes like if you're going to, if, if you have to sing and play keys at the same time, you have to like, simplify yeah. what you're doing because it's it's you know one one thing has to be dominant well, keys, keys for me and i think this is this probably applies for the most part for all of us is keys is is it's a texture for the song it's not necessarily a standout piece i mean we do have some songs where the keys are featured more but on this one especially it's just you know it's really just a texture kind of this uh you would notice if it was gone, but it just, you know, it's, it's just there kind of the, the carpet of the song, you know, at the bottom there, just kind yeah. of. It's called, the, the, the actual musical term is called padding. It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a real term. Yeah. It gives a little padding. It's, yeah. But you know, that's intentional because it does free me up to be able to, to do more vocally, which in this case, especially in the verse, you know, there are these, I mean, the chorus, there's these high, vocals that i have to which they're not super complicated but what i'm doing on the keys is just hitting these root notes yeah. which given that it's this organ sound it it's it you know you don't lose a whole lot there it, yeah it reminds me a little bit of of bread and circus as well the similar thing that you're yeah. doing it's a similar kind of backing vocal that has to be fairly powerful but it's also kind of high it's probably a similar experience on keys where you have to kind of Keeps yeah. the keys simple and, and focus more on the vocals. My problem is I don't, since I'm not a big backup vocal guy, I mean, I can do some shouting, but I can't, I, I'm not real good at doing harmonies and that sort of thing. When I go to be on keys, I'm like, I'm going to great this, write this great like lead key line, you know? And, and so I'm like doing this fancy stuff on the keys and I'm like, this is going to be like a cool lead. And then whenever we, you know, mix it down, it's like, well, you can, it was cool, but you can't really hear it in the final mix. But I think the, my favorite part, and I'm sure that we have mentioned this before, but my favorite part about Noah playing keys is Noah comes with a part up with a part and then he puts his phone up there on the keys and records it like he takes video of his hands so he, <laughs> what he's doing and he can that's, remember that's smart it is smart i mean i'm up over here i have all my note cards writing down the notes and you know so and the you know the sounds for the keys because i just can't i can't kind of muscle memory i remember a lot of that stuff when we go to play it but i gotta have those notes or else i don't know what the heck i'm doing We'll see, and that's just too many of them. And I know I've talked about this before, but it's it's always interesting to see how we work with with the, that type of thing. I mean, I can't remember lyrics to save my life. Lyrics that I wrote for my own songs, like I can't remember them, it is like really like almost a disability. Like I can't do it. I cannot remember my lyrics. Like I have to see them in front of me 
all the time. Mm -hmm. But on keys, I'll record my hand to like, so that I don't forget the part when I write it. But like after that, I don't, I, I remember every setting. I remember everything there is to do on the keys, but, but lyrics, I have to have them in front of me. And like, Chris, you, you usually on keys, you have to have like note cards to kind of get you somewhere into what you're doing, but you never, you know, you rarely have to have lyrics in front of you, you know, that to do that. It's just funny how that works. So what I'm taking from this conversation is that <laughs> no one wants to play keys more often. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's what it sounds like. Well, I'll tell you what, I would if they would get featured more in the recording. Mike? That's <laughs> there would be a, if they would be up in the mix and play more often. It's, it's not up to me, man. I mean... Hey, notice the only song that has keys featured is a Mike song, Operation Annihilate. <laughs> only song. Oh, that's, that's no, no, no. Actually, keys, keys start uh, year four. Yeah, key, keys are pretty loud in the naked time. They're also pretty loud in uh, Private Little War. They're, they're, you can hear them really well in Metamorphosis. Not featured, though. Not like Operation Annihilate. Not they're, like they should be. I, in I would argue yeah, that the yeah. keys are featured Noah's talking about. in a Private Little War. <laughs> the keys are definitely featured in a Private Little War. I, I feel like they're featured. I don't yes. know, maybe. In, in, I, know, I, do, I, do, I guess I do a lot of crazy stuff with the keys that doesn't necessarily need to be featured. <laughs> Well, by by the time we're done mixing everything and like a lot of the stuff just ends up being padding, like you said. I remember, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't remember what song it was, but you got I did this key sound and you guys were listening back to the to the recording. I mean, with everything together, and you thought something was distorted and it was just the keys and it was so way it's supposed <laughs> to be. And you're like, what? what's distorting? And it was my my yeah, sound. I think you you're probably talking about a piece of the action. Could be. So you, you use this setting that sounds like a, a frog having a seizure. <laughs> and every time that we play it, if the key amp is is behind me, it, like <laughs> an angled at me, it's so distracting that I, I mess up the words. It's the one where I'm going, eh, 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 that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, <laughs> I think it's great. So Noah, why do you yeah. never hear my voice as an instrument on your songs? <laughs> well, Mike, that's because the answer's in the question. Your your particular genius lies <laughs> in your uh, in your guitar playing and your bass playing, and occasionally your key parts, uh -huh. and your song and your songwriting and your lyrics. Uh -huh. Look at all the compliments I'm giving you, man. I'm giving you a lot of compliments. It's pretty complimentary. Uh huh. <laughs> look at him drinking his coke it's a mexican coke no less yeah all right uh yeah return so to the, the archons so the 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 drums in this song they they keep time <laughs> <laughs> that's right let's, let's talk about let's talk about andy and this this thing actually i i uh i really like i really like what andy does on the drums for this well i remember there was a lot of discussion for at the first few practices about what to do with it because i think he was trying to play a lot busier parts throughout it and you and him kind of went back and forth about what it should be and you ended up kind of breaking it down to more of like a like a simple underbeat on the verse mm -hmm. and, and then, then it just kind of explodes into the so, chorus yeah 
Yeah, and I, I see, and I don't, I have no memory of 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 that process of that conversation or or. So or I could just make anything up right now. You could, you could, and I'd be like, yeah, is that what that's what happened? You remember when 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 you brought this song to me and it it was just a, a hot pile of garbage. <laughs> And, and you and, I, and you rewrote the whole thing. I, I, I fixed and, and it is what it is now. Yeah, you fixed it. Yeah. Um, no, like, but I, but but it has that it has that chorus that could that could like lend itself to that that sort of I don't know how to describe the drum beat, but like that you know that sort of it could have that like that like really like cheesy. That was it um, was like. I mean, it was like I was listening to the recording. I know, amazing. <laughs> Terrible. Sorry. <laughs> it, it it could have had a, a cheesier sort of thing because of of the the rhythm of it, but the the way Andy handles it, it gives it power. Um, and but keeps you know, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's it's good timing. It's good timing. I like I like what he does with it. Well, I like I like that uh, the the contrast between the verses and the choruses is very similar to the contrast in the episode between mm. like the red hour and the rest of the time. Like when uh, festivals happening, it's yeah. all crazy. Like the chorus. Yeah, it is very it, it, mellow throughout, except for the choruses. It, was it, was it's that on it's, purpose? It's almost like that was intentional. <laughs> was it? Well, now that you mention it, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make you look good here. Now. <laughs> I, know you, I know we mentioned it already, but the tag at the end of, where it's just festival. I've always, mm. I mean, I thought that was, I've always thought that was a brilliant addition just because, you know, a lot of songs, they kind of fade out or they, you know, they go out on repeated chorus or something. And I've always enjoyed putting that tag on there that just adds that little extra something to the end that's different than anything else i think it's cool yeah i really yeah. like that part thanks yeah I, I don't i don't remember when or or how i came up with that ending but but it seemed it seemed like what needed to be there um I, like i i needed to mention festival in some way like it needed <laughs> to be a part of the yeah. song and and a, and part of that that coda part of that like in in tag has pieces of that pre-chorus in it too. So that's kind of like drawing out the, the pieces of the pre-chorus, but also kind of lending it, it, it's, it, it's sort of these weird chords that are a bit chaotic. And I think that helps lend lend itself to the, to the theme of the, the, the chaos of festival. And, and I, I feel like Mike would be proud with all of like the, sort of random chords that are used in there because it's 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 a bunch of chords that don't necessarily go together I mean, I mean it works but it's you know it's it's like a so you were you were trying to imitate the enemy within without dragging it out like the enemy within yeah that's exactly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah enemy within was like a it was a big influence on my my writing of this song mine too <laughs> I heard Chris. I, I I watched your video of your your new interpretation of Enemy Within. Oh, did you? Did you I, like did, I did. I did. Well, I I watched it. <laughs> I don't remember what I did. I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> Good luck. That was my uh, my my mic cover month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Speaking of which, it is almost like it's getting that time where the uh, the uh, 
patrons get their their uh, special personalized video. Mm-hmm. I think you know which what? is often us doing versions of different songs, whether we wrote them or someone else wrote them. I think this this month some special patron, <laughs> some lucky patron, may get the original version of Court Martial. <laughs> I'll I'll send out my uh, I'll send out my uh, twenty seven original voice memos <laughs> of each individual portion of the uh, archons. Yeah, that don't have the the lyrics. Send them out one at a time. Uh, there's your next twenty seven. <laughs> spread it out. All right. Here's here's thirteen seconds of an idea I had on Return of the Archons eleven years ago. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. There you go. That's what you get when you become a patron of our Patreon. That's right. You get all these special things. So you know, if if you're not there yet at the uh, at the is it the com- commander level? What's the level? Admirals are the Admiral. ones the, the personal videos. Admiral level. Sometimes the oh yeah, the personal videos are admirals, and we but we have weekly videos that captains, go, uh, captains and, and admirals. admirals. Yeah. Although sometimes when they're really short, we we. Uh, send them out to everybody, yeah. all the patrons. Bottom line is, if you are not a patron of our Patreon, you should be. You should be. That's you should right. be. There's lots of goofy, fun stuff. Like I said, there's Chris's house. There's just hard drives full of full of. <laughs> That's right. Uh, full of the past eleven years of our life, and 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 at Hero House, apparently, there's hard drives of the past eleven years of our life, and it, it, it's all going to eventually leak its way out on 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 patreon so if you you want some of that goodness get on there if you're an admiral you get personalized videos and they're not just old archival footage it's us talking right now trying to figure out what the heck we're gonna say every month yep yeah it's good fun but you get stuff like old song ideas that never happened or new song it is, or you know, we we do covers of each other's songs, yeah, or poorly, poorly, poorly executed covers of yeah. each other's songs. Hey, Emmy Within was pretty classic. <laughs> what was the other one I did? Wait, what was the other one you did? Oh, it was Wolf in the Fold. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I was like. Why why is Wolf in the Fold so long? Why does this keep going? <laughs> you know, I considered if I had more I considered writing like <laughs> writing the rest of it as if it was actually a full song. <laughs> now, that would have been someday. something, Chris. That would have been something. I would have been impressed with that. <laughs> well, stay tuned. And if you're an admiral at our Patreon, maybe you'll get you'll be the one that gets to hear it. I, I like when Chris got to the end of it and he still couldn't say the words. <laughs> hey, do you miss getting new content from Five Year Mission? You should head over to patreon.com slash five year mission and check out our Patreon page. As a patron of the band, you will receive access to rare and behind-the-scenes pictures and videos and other cool stuff. You will also have early access to many things, like video releases or new songs. You can sign up for different levels, from Ensign all the way up to Admiral. One of the perks of being an Admiral on 5-Year Mission's Patreon is that you get to be a producer on this podcast. 
Currently, our producers are Neil Carpenter, Helen Lake, Debbie Rinke, Carol Jones, Becky and Roxy, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. Your name could be on this list if you sign up as an admiral. So head over to patreon.com slash five-year mission now. That's the number five-year mission. Did you know that Fansets is your home for all things pop culture pit related? I'll bet you did. Because here pretty soon they're going to have new releases from DC Comics Legion of Superheroes as well as new releases from Xenoscope. Here's some new releases from Star Trek. Of course, they're continuing the Women of Trek series with Dr. Beverly Crusher and also a slew of new pins from Picard, including Picard, Raffi, Elnor, uh, with the little word bubble coming out that says choose to live, which I love. And also episode pins from episodes six and seven, The Impossible Box and Nepenthe. And hey, do you seek Jahan Jamaharan? I almost said it wrong, but I got it right. Because who's not seeking that? Because the Horgon that originally appeared on TNG is coming. Oh man, just let people know what you're looking for by wearing that Horgon on your lapel. Or, you know, just on a mask, which they also have. Anything else. But anyway, head over to fansets.com right now. Put any of those pins in your cart. Upon checkout, use the discount code 5YEARMISSION. That is the number five, and then all caps, YEAR MISSION. A five-year mission. You can get 10% off of your entire order over at fansets.com. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank Fansets for sponsoring each and every single episode that appears on the Trek Geese Network of Podcasts. I think that does it for another edition of What Are the Little Songs Made Of on the five-year mission, the five-year mission, the podcast. <laughs> on five-year mission, the podcast. I've been I'm joined with, by Noah and Mike. And uh, Patrick and Andy couldn't make it to this one, but I think we held up okay, right, guys? Yeah, this is the best podcast we've done. I think you're right. Was yeah. it 20, 20 plus episodes? This is the best one. Yeah, those guys aren't invited anymore. <laughs> it's just us, the trio of greatness. I don't know. And we all assume Mike's going to edit this out, but he's not going to edit it. Yeah, it's the red hour. What we'll do you see. want? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs>
fact that like Mike doesn't hit the stop record button like when we're actually done. That's because he's got to get all these juicy nuggets. Ma- makes it makes it all done. that more awkward to like actually end it. Like <laughs> okay. if I saw the recording light go off, it would just be like normalcy. So unnatural. So so, yeah. unnatural. yeah, but the fact yeah. that it's still going just feels like we're still trying to close it out, but we can't <laughs> quite close it out. We should just ramble like on for a quite, long time. Like, like, like we can't quite finish. The episode is like a, just a ramble from like ramble beginning to ramble. Does ramble, does rambling even end? I don't think it does. So it would just be ramble. And I guess rambling ends at some point, but it's like, you know, you, you, the ramble kind of, it, I don't know. It doesn't rambling Chris. Oh, Thank you for listening to this episode of Fiverr Mission Podcast. If any of you are interested in listening to more of our music, you can check us out on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission and we should be the first thing that comes up. If you would like to contact us in regards to the podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about, you can email us at fiveyearmissionband at gmail.com. And for more information about the band, you can go to fiveyearmission.net and also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Five Year Mission, the podcast is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.